Hello and welcome to the Celtic View podcast, the podcast of the Nine in a Row Champions. I'm Paul Curtihy, editor of the Celtic View, and joining me on this latest podcast to look back on an impressive European performance in France and also look forward to a Scottish Cup semi-final and my Celtic View colleagues, Joe Donnelly and Tony Connolly. But before we start chatting about how Celtic got on in France, let's hear from our two-goal hero, Moy Elianusi. Mohamed, there were two terrific goals. What was your uh, what was your favourite one? <laughs> um, I, I'll tell you who who's not my favourite. It's the ones in in, in the second half I didn't shoot. Uh, maybe I you know I don't think too much about the ones I scored. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed of the ones in the second half I didn't you know either pass it earlier or just go for it as I did in the first half. So um, obviously I'm happy with, with my two goals, but I'm still a bit disappointed that I could have scored a hat trick. Does tonight feel a bit like a, a turning point for the team after a difficult week? I mean, we have to stick together. There was always been, you know, some difficult moments. Um, it's been a difficult week. Uh, I think today was a really good performance from all of us, uh, from you know, Bain in, in the back uh, up uh, until up front. Uh, so it's a lot of positivity to take out of this game, to bring into the you know to this weekend's game, and obviously next Thursday we have to win. There was a sense of Celtic being written off tonight, Mohammed. Was that a motivation for you guys? Yeah, of course. You know, uh, we stick to the plan. Uh, I think we had a really good plan. Uh, it worked well in the first half. Uh, and, you know, you, you need uh, some luck as well. I think Bain was uh, incredible in the, at the back. Uh, scored two goals, really nice goals, obviously. Um, so, uh, we are disappointed, I have to be honest. We are disappointed we didn't get the three points. That would be... Uh, Really good for us, but you know when you take that to the side, we we, we played against a really good team, uh, who's you know at the top of the table. So, so at one point, yeah, it's 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 okay. Ahmed, the manager said you're getting back to your best now. Do you feel as if there is a lot more to come from you, and, and you're getting closer to your your top level again? <clears throat> yeah, I hope so. You know, I always try to contribute. You know, uh, with, with either goals or assists. Um, so I'm happy to. To help the team to get the point today, um, a little bit disappointed like, that we didn't win. I could have scored one more, like I said, so we could uh, have uh, three points today. Um, but you know, this is the level I want to play on, um, and obviously, I enjoy the European European games. You know, there's a little bit you play against, you know, good sides. You get a little bit more space, and then you can just go for it. Um, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit difficult uh, in, in the Scottish league when you play against. Uh, um, teams who defend well, uh, you know, that's tight, there's not much space. It could be difficult sometimes. Um, so that's why, you know, I enjoy these games. Mohamed, what does the result do going into the Scottish Cup semi-final? Yeah, now it's, you know, all about recovery. Uh, the, the games come come up quick. That, that's nice. We enjoy it. Uh, but it's all about, uh, you know, nutrition and recovery and everything and to make sure that we have fresh legs on, on Sunday. Uh, it's a really important game for us. Uh, so we're looking forward to it. Guys, welcome to the podcast. And for, obviously, it's a shame for people who are just listening to it. For people who are, are watching it, they are now getting their first glimpse of Joe's legendary pink hat, uh, which, uh, which pleases me no end, Joe. I like it. It probably suits my daughter better, as I've been told several times in the office. But um, aye, I don't know. I don't have any defence. I like it. That's it. 
Yeah, so if any point during the podcast anybody hears the sound of a young child crying, it is Joe's daughter wondering where her pink hat <laughs> has disappeared to. If we turn to football matters, we just heard from Moyle, you know, see two goals, two wonderful goals. Still a sense of disappointment from him that we didn't win the game, but also he was frustrated maybe with the chances that he had. Uh, he passed up in the second half. Joe, uh, you know, watching that game Thursday night, certainly in the first half, a very impressive European performance from Neil Lennon's side. Yeah, and the, all the talk around the club this week was about reactions to, you know, perceivably disappointment or disappointing results recently. I felt the first half in particular last night was was brilliant, yeah, from, from back to front. Um, Celtic defended really well with uh, Leo's offence, who were, I mean, they're clearly a class side. I mean, they've obviously invested a bit of money in the summer and they're um, second in the in League One behind Paris Saint-Germain on goal difference. So clearly a class act playing at home, but well, the first half was, it was brilliant from Celtic, wasn't it? Two um, great goals. We could have had more. Two intelligent goals. A penalty, which probably wasn't a penalty. I think VR would have shown that that was outside the box. And of course, a great save from Scott Bain. Um, he'll be delighted with, with that save because goalkeepers always are when they save penalties. But obviously, having conceded a couple just at the weekend as well. So, no, I, yeah, there's a slight tinge of disappointment. The manager said that afterwards. But I'll sweep with the draw, given that we're two front. Um, but I think the second half, you saw just how good Leo can be, just how high they can play up the pitch, and they were really causing Celtic problems for long spells of the game. So two each was probably a fair result in the end, even though Celtic were two in front. Um, loads of positives to take moving forward. And in terms of reactions, if that's what Celtic were looking for, it was, no, it was a great night's work. Antonio, you know, as Joe says, loads of positives. The, the goals, lots of great performances. El Yunusi with those goals, Scott Bain at the back. Another player who I think continues to impress the Celtic fans is Diego Laxal, who, you know, we've seen him in an attacking sense. Last night, I thought defensively, he was exceptional. He was, wasn't he? It was brilliant. I think a lot of people are excited with his performance. And we saw both ends of his game last night. We, we know he can, he can go forward, but defensively last night, especially in the second half, he was kept busy and he, he was brilliant. The tackles he was, he was putting in, his, his positioning as well. And in the first half, I think we're, we're seeing like El Unice benefiting from having someone of that quality on, on the same side as him as well. So he's contributing a lot to the team um, and I'm really excited for more of him. And I suppose the platform, you know, the manager obviously, he always talks about the need to try and win the home games. So we were disappointed not to do that against AC Milan. We get a point on the road. We've now got the double header against Sparta Prague, who've suffered two heavy defeats, 4-1 against Leo and then... 3-0 against Milan, so I'm sure Celtic, Tony, are looking to take, we can take six points from the two games against Sparta Prague. That puts us in a strong position to be battling for one of those two places. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I think our form's improving all the time as well, so I think Celtic fans and, and the team anyway, I think their confidence is, is quite resolute, but I think fans will be quite confident for, for that game next week, uh, especially if they put in a, a good display against Aberdeen at the weekend, which I think they will. We're seeing the improvement steadily, and that's with players coming back as well. So it was a great performance last night. I think that will have done them the, the, the world of good. You know, they're showing signs of some of the best football that they were playing last season, you know, especially going forward, that free-flowing, confident attacking football. So if we can see some of that on Sunday... That'll be good. That'll be a really important result. It'll do the team good. The fans will be excited. And then another European game where we, we could get three points and then that really kickstarts the, the group for us as well. Joe, when I was watching the, the game last night, it was 
I was slightly selfish and, and been really pleased with uh, Scott Bain's performance and also uh, Callum McGregor, who, who gave Man of the Match to on the website, given that we've lined them both up for next week's Celtic View. Yeah, um, I knew myself that I'd be speaking to, to Scott Baines, obviously come back into the team at the weekend and played last night. Um, yeah, as a fan, I nearly gave my daughter a heart attack when I was cheering when he saved the saved the penalty, and it was only afterwards that it dawned on me that um, this was a good time to be speaking to, to Scott Bain, which always, is always better when it, when it works. So I thought Cal McGregor was, was brilliant um, again on Thursday night. I think that Diego Laxalt was probably was worthy of man of the match on the website match report. I gave it to Callum McGregor, though I just feel that in those kind of games, the amount of stuff he does on the ball is always brilliant. His intelligence, his vision, his passing, everything which we always praise him for. And rightly so. It's so much of what he does off the ball. It's so easy to overlook, particularly in those moments where we're on the back foot and we're trying to turn it quickly on the transition. Uh, I just think that he is just such an intelligent player and he's so he's so good to watch whether we're in possession or not. Um, and I thought that yeah, last night was was one of his best games of the season. And he'll use that, I'm sure, um, in the games ahead as well. And it's always tough, Tony, when you're watching those games, that when you guys are doing the match report and that, that moment where you do have to choose the man of the match. And last night was a difficult choice because they were, you know, Callum McGregor, Laxalt, Scott Bain, obviously Moya Wienussi with those Yeah, I mean, goals. I felt bad not giving it to Moya Wienussi who scores two goals, but I just felt that over the course, given how the second half went, that... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's unusual that somebody would score twice and for you not to hand it to them, but I just thought over the course, Callum McGregor's contribution was, was just A-plus for me. So if uh, Moya Yunusi looks at the report and uh, wonders why he, he didn't get man of the match, then we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just pass on your details, Joe. Yeah, tell him the man in the pink hat, sent you. Tony, you'd, you'd mentioned about the fact we're back at Hamden on Sunday and, and probably the strangest ever Scottish Cup semi-final because... We really are going back to the future because it is last season's Scottish Cup semi-final. This season, obviously, the, the tournament was ground to a halt at the semi-final stage. Hearts, Hibs on Saturday, Celtic, Aberdeen on Sunday. We already fought out a, a three-all drop at Tawdry last weekend. So we know that Aberdeen can be dangerous. But you, you mentioned earlier on, just that confidence from Thursday night it could really play a deciding factor. Yeah, I, th I think so. I was we were speaking to Callum McGregor recently, actually, and he, he was talking ahead of that Aberdeen game that it would be really valuable to get a, a look at Aberdeen before this big game, where we're obviously supposed to play them early in the season. So that last weekend was the, the first time that the two teams have met. And I think Celtic, the players, the manager, coaching staff, will, will take a lot from that. They'll have a lot to, to analyse, and it will be an improved performance as well, not just because that they've got something to work with, an idea of, how this Aberdeen team and the, and the new signings that they have want to, to play, but also just with Celtic's performances improving game on game as well and having one or two faces back in, in the team as well. Odds on Edward get a wee run out last night, so hopefully he can play a, play a part. But, you know, we know the likes of a Griff and a Yeti who's played well last night as well. So I think a lot of positives going into to this game. I think Celtic fans will be feeling quite optimistic as well. There's no doubt it's going to be a hard team. I mean, Aberdeen have been on the losing end of uh, cup games against Celtic quite often in, in recent years, so you can imagine they're just going to be absolutely gunning to, to finally get one over Celtic. But I think that this winning run, that they'll just want to keep it going longer and longer, the, the players, you know, especially at this time as well, when the Celtic side, when they feel they've got something to prove, that's when they can be their, their most exciting. So if everybody's desperate for them to lose, that's just the kind of motivation that's going to bring the best out of them. 
because it's incredible. I always just, I'm sure I'm, I'm not alone in just reminding myself sometimes that we've won 11 domestic trophies in a row, which is extraordinary. I mean, it really is. And we're, you know, obviously on hopefully two games away from the 12th. You were saying, Tony, about, you know, obviously the manager had said it as well, the fact it's good to get some of the players back. Odson Edward, uh, Nir Beton came on. Uh, El Hamid is back in, in the squad soon as well. I suppose the only downside is as players are coming back, Christopher Ayer was forced to come off last night. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious, but he will obviously be a doubt for Sunday now. Yeah, he'll, he'll be a mess. Uh, Ayer's been in, in great form recently, and not just defensively, he's really solid. He can add something going forward. Those surges that he makes, we're, we've seen it already this season. He can he can set up goals with them as well. But on, on the other the flip side, you've seen Neil Beaton coming back. We know that he can play really well in, in the centre of the defence as well. He's a real cool head, exactly what you want in a, in a cup game when the, the pressure's on. Um, and he, he is, he's just, he's an excellent defender, even though that's not his first position. So if he had to fill in for Christopher Ayer, I don't think anyone is going to look at that defence and think it's a weakened defence. One of the interviews, Joe, in this week's Celtic View, Ryan Christie, part of the reason we spoke to him uh, on Wednesday, October the 28th, was two years to the day since he had made that dramatic entrance uh, after half-time at Murrayfield, scored a goal, created the other two, and kind of transformed his own Celtic career, and he's never really looked back. And he obviously, he looking forward now to... Have to, we, we were warning people of uh, crying babies, but now we've got uh, screaming dogs. Is that, Are you drinking your dog's coffee, Tony? Is that why the, the dog is No, barking? no, that's just my neighbour's coming in, so Maisie thinks that my, my life is at threat, as she does about five times a day and barks. I'm trying to, I managed to mute the microphone there, but obviously not in time. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, Joe, like, obviously, you know, Ryan Christie is such a, an integral part of the team. Great to have him back after that enforced and slightly strange absence. But he, he'll have mixed uh, memories of, of playing Aberdeen in, in the Scottish... Well, he scored the winning goal in the Hamden final, League Cup final, was assaulted in a, in a semi-final that ruled him out for the rest of the season. But he could be a, a player on the, in the National Stadium that could be key on Sunday. Yeah, and he spoke about his his, um, his forced absence recently with his, his coming into contact with Stuart Armstrong and how Stuart Armstrong returned a positive test and despite returning six. The fact that Kieran Tierney was in the same position, got to play there in Arsenal, how frustrated he was and desperate to get back in and playing at Celtic. Um, you can see that, I mean, he's always an energetic player, but I think even since coming back in, you can see that renewed energy, which he speaks about in the interview, which we've got in the view this week. Yeah, it was two years uh, since that game at Murrayfield in the League Cup semi-final in the 2018-19 campaign. As you said, he scored the, the winner against Aberdeen um, a couple of months later and it was a real shame for him that season in the Scottish Cup because he then gets that really bad injury, which, you know, first and foremost, he needs to deal with that. But he also missed the last stretch of the season. And given that was his kind of breakthrough season at Celtic, I really felt sorry for him. This when Tony was saying, just to plug another um, interview that's in the Celtic view, obviously, because why not? Um, I was speaking to Stephen Welsh as well. And when Tony was saying about boys coming in, we obviously saw a bit of Stephen Welsh um, on Thursday night as well. And he has... I mean, he's barely played a handful of games for Celtic in the first team. And he speaks in his interview about having the trust of the manager, first and foremost, working hard to prove yourself um, and also being a Celtic fan and what that means to the young players who have come all the way through the ranks and getting that chance to play. And albeit it's a little bit strange at the minute, you're not doing it in front of you know 60,000 fans because of 
um, you know, the current situation. But he, I mean, there's photos of him uh, during the Rangers game, for example, where he's come off and he's you know, he's in the stand and he's got his hands in his head. And everybody's is was was gutted about that result. But as a fan, as someone who's wanting to prove himself to the manager at the same time, he's got so much to offer as well. So from Ryan Christie, you know, he'll be looking to make amends from that um, semi-final a um, couple of years back where he got injured. Um, the people like Stephen Welsh are willing to come in and really play for the jersey as well. It's, uh, it's an exciting time for Celtic. Celtic, Neil Lennon side aren't the only Celtic team in action this weekend. The Celtic women's team will play their second league fixture on Sunday against Hearts. This week's view, we'll get an interview with one of the players, Lisa Robertson, and also on next week's view, Tony, you caught up with Fran Alonso, the manager. And, you know, it's quite interesting that there was a kind of sense of frustration that the opening game of the season against Glasgow City, Celtic obviously lost that one 2-0, but, you know, it was almost like playing catch-up because Glasgow City had a month extra preparation because they were playing in the Champions League. But we spoke very confidently about how he thinks this, you know, once the team are up to speed, that they're going to be really challenging this season. Yeah, I think so. I mean, last season they, they, they got that win over Glasgow City, who have been so dominant in the league, as I'm sure anyone that's kind of glanced at the women's league tables over the years have seen. So, and that was not long after he, he came in. So, to, to get that win was a, a big boost. And I think it showed the sort of identity and the, the ideas that he's putting into the team and the players just all really vibing off that. So, to, to play them in the first game of the season usually would be, be great, given the momentum and the improvements towards the end of last season. But it was almost six months without being able to train as a team. I think all the players were working together, uh, working alone, but to train as a team. And yeah, Glasgow City had, had a big advantage playing Wolfsburg in the Champions League in August. And they were, they were way ahead. So it wasn't being too uh, downbeat about it. And I don't think any of the players, I don't think the morale and the team has been affected by it because they know themselves that they've still got some way to go to, to reach their peak, which they're increasingly getting to, towards. And he was saying about trying to get the balance right with not pushing the players too hard to, to get their fitness up too quickly to avoid injury, but also want to spend enough time just to, to keep working on the, the, the tactical ideas that he's, he's bringing to the team. And it seems to be really good. Uh, the players themselves, are, he'll want feedback from them individually and they are identifying things that he would have otherwise said to them as well. So he, he's really pleased to see that everybody's kind of reading from the, the, the same page in, in that regard and the ideas he's put into the team. The players are all aware of them as well. So... Yeah, they're playing Hearts this weekend. I think they'll all be, be confident of a, a better result and just the, the more training time they, they put in together as well. So I don't think you can really read anything into that first game of the, the season, really. It's almost equivalent to like an early pre-season game based on wh where the team are. Well, good luck to Fran Alonso's side a Sunday against Hearts. Hopefully they get their first points on the board. Also, just to mention next week, uh, a special birthday. Charlie Gallagher, one of the, the Lisbon Lions, celebrates his 80th birthday. And it's funny, he's one of these guys who I, I've always had a, a lot of affection for him, partly because he, he was at school with my mum and dad. He went to Holyrood Secondary over on the south side and he was the same year as my uh, as my parents. He's he's famously remembered, well, at first glance of people say Charlie Gallagher, they remember the, the corner kick he took in the 65 Cup final, Billy McNeil heads home the winner, and that was the first trophy in the golden era under Jockstein. His other famous corner kick again for Billy McNeil to head home in the last seconds of the, the quarter final against uh, Vojvodina in the, the European Cup in 67. But he's 
so much more than that. He was it was a it was a key part of that squad over a, a period of years. You know, scored a, a fair few goals, and I think latterly, you know, when he's when he's finished playing, he's just one of these really popular guys amongst the Celtic support. And um, you know, it, it, I think on when it's his birthday, it's it's also great to look back and, and remember that period that he played in such a part in. I think it's amazing. I think one of the one of the best things about our job, um, apart from having the privilege to, to write about Celtic officially for the club, is to be walking trackside. I was down trackside about three or four weeks ago coming into work and Tony Hamilton, the CEO of the Celtic Foundation, was there with Barry Olds and Barry Olds full of jokes. I was carrying a box of Celtic views actually and he was asking if it was hot pies and there was a debate about whether that was better that I was going to the office with the Celtic views or, or hot food. Um, but just to see these guys and the fact that they're, the legacy speaks for itself, doesn't it? Um, what they've achieved for the club um, probably will never be achieved again. Um, whether we can go on better than that that famous league run which they they achieved in, in 1974, but the yeah to have the to be so close to to the lines and the legacy in our job for me and, and for everybody that works here is a total privilege. Um, and 80 years old, what a um, what a milestone and, and what a career to be looking back on as well. And of course, on our side, it's great to be able to talk about that not least for the, for the man himself, but also to be looking back over with such a fantastic career. And we shall have some features on Charlie in next week's view, but when it comes, he has a very happy birthday. Tony, you're going to be on Hamden duty this Sunday. What are you, how are you thinking the game's going to pan out and what are you expecting? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a really good performance from the team based on, on, on what we've seen recently. And, you know, you're seeing that hunger from them as well. And, the, the, the confidence going forward. So I, I think we're going to be creating a lot of chances and um, that could lead to, to a lot of goals as well. Just It's just about also improving uh, defensively as well. I think, you know, the, the team have all said that they want to start, you know, racking up a run of clean sheets as well. So um, I, I'm feeling quite confident about it based on the, the last couple of results. The team are looking good. We've got bodies back now as well. Um, so I, I think maybe 2 or 3 nil, uh, hopefully. Yeah, a good result. That would be a very good result. Joe, I was wondering, obviously it's a different test from Lille, and the fact that Lille came out and obviously were on the front foot, that, that played into our real strengths in terms of going forward. We were able to punish them, and we saw that in the first half. You're anticipating Aberdeen, as, as most Scottish teams do, just to sit in against us and try and you know invite the pressure on and hope to hit us on the counter-attack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you were rightly saying that before we started recording that Leo were playing with a lot more openness. Um, I think over the course of the game on Thursday night, whilst Celtic's fitness levels are really high, I think the manager touched upon this at the end, Leo looked very, very fit. So able to open up and obviously make up the ground in between. I think the opposite side of that is that, yeah, you're right. I think Aberdeen will sit in, especially given the nature of the game. And... I think, conversely, our fitness levels will show themselves over the course of the game. Aberdeen are a fit side, they're a strong side. Again, we just saw that on Sunday. Um, it's strange to see that Johnny Hayes is playing, because even though this is last season's addition, the rules have changed and they're allowed to have the teams which are registered uh, Celtic playing. Um, he's, of course, one of, one of the fittest players in that Aberdeen side. Um, but yeah, I think patience, we used to say this all the time to the point where it's cliche, but it's true. I think patience will be key um, if it's 2 or 3 now with me, just to project more than happy with that. I never get any of these scores right, so I'm not even going to bother one this week. But yeah, I think that I think they can take real confidence from, from Thursday. And 
we've got a good record again. It's another thing we say all the time. We've got a good record from playing in Europe, playing well in Europe, or uh, disappointing results and coming back with a good result at home. And I, I think that'll be the same on, on the weekend. Well, I'm going to predict uh, a Celtic Hibernian Cup final, just so I can bore everybody banging on about why there isn't a traditional Battle of the Greens game with both sides wearing their home kits. Everybody will be rolling their eyes because they've, they've heard me moaning about it before. But uh, we're just going to finish, actually, by casting our eyes back two years to the last time Celtic played Aberdeen in a Scottish Cup semi-final. Uh, so from a podcast that has had pink hats, barking dogs and cups of coffee, uh, thanks guys for joining us and we'll leave you with some Hamden memories. And Simunovic, Simunovic drives towards the edge of the area. Simunovic on his left foot. It's a wonderful save from Lewis. Well, he danced over the ball and left footed. I thought it was ending up in the back of the net. Lewis to his side's rescue. Christie fires it near post, it's missed by Ayer, it's just knocked wide and gone behind. Well, Celtic certainly again with Simunovic looking to try and get this goal. Brown wins that one, Christie. Boys, ball there, well Celtic players not happy with that. And ball absolutely clatters into it, well... A yellow card, well, we need to see that one again. In fact, it's a yellow card because he's already been booked and he is off. Well, I don't think he can any complaints because he was mistimed that one. He was going oh. to, uh, uh, that's, a, that's an assault, that's not a red yeah. card, that's yeah. an assault. Yeah. My goodness, absolutely yeah. shocking there from Dominic Ball. We wish Brian Christie all the best. A few half-hearted applause there from some Aberdeen fans as his dad, Charlie Christie, makes his way down into... Area. That is not a good sight to see. Celtic again, listing out wide in the right. Switch to the Swede. First time cross into the box. A good delivery. McKenna heads that out in the far side. It's a siege of the Aberdeen goal in these last six added minutes of the first half. Yeah, certainly getting plenty more bodies forward. Forrest, Forrest, the edge of the box, takes a shot, left footed. Oh! Into the back of the net! James Forrest, a wonder goal from the winger! His 17th goal of the season! Peter and Celtic, the 11 men of Celtic against the 10 men of Aberdeen have taken the lead in the Scottish Cup semi-final. They'll take it, they've scored some belters of a goal here at Hamden and James Forrest has just scored another absolute cracker. Coming in on the right side, coming at first, then clutching it on his left foot and fired it into the top corner. Goalkeeper Lewis, who had been great all afternoon, absolutely no chance for that finish. 1-0, your beauty. James Forrest picks up the play again. Gives it to Odson Edward, tries to spin round his man and gets the break of the ball. He's on the edge of the area. Black to Forrest again. James Forrest is saved by the feet of Joe Lewis. Oh, that really would have been game over. We have gone six minutes of the second half. Celtic still lead by that wonderful James Forrest goal. Just before half-time, here comes Johnny Hayes. Hayes goes towards the touchline. It's cross, gets a break of the ball in the second attempt, gives it to McGregor into there, it's a chance for Callum McGregor. It's blocked, I don't think it was on target, but Max Lowe taking no chances there. Simunovic goes down. Well, I don't think the referee even saw that. Cosgrove goes down and wins the side of free kick, but McGregor close to making it 2-0. McGregor pings it across to Lustig, here comes Celtic again. 
The ball floated to the far side, looking for Johnny Hayes. It's misses the chance for Hayes, he gets down, it must Penal. be a penalty! It is a penalty this time! There's no doubt in Craig Thompson's mind. Devlin looks to the skies, he knows he's clipped Johnny Hayes' heels and Celtic with a chance to double the lead and book their place in the Scottish Cup final. It's going to be Odson Edwards who's going to take the penalty, but good play from Johnny Hayes. Odson Edwards, a chance to score his 20th goal of the season. Joe Lewis stands between him and a goal. Neil Lennon can barely bring himself to watch. Odson Edwards steps forward. And it's in the back of the net! Joe Lewis is despairing dive, he chose the right way, but there was nothing he could do. A powerful shot from the Frenchman. Celtic lead by two goals to nil, and they're heading towards the Scottish Cup final. On evidence of what we've seen now, that is game over. Tierney plays it towards Rogic. Rogic, a late challenge there, and Ferguson is red-carded. Well... He should have been booked long before now, but he's been red-carded and it's no more than he deserves for a display that had barely showed any sign of football throughout the game. Here comes Celtic again, looking for the third goal. It's Lustig. Lustig takes a shot. Actually, hit a Celtic player. It's Rogic. Rogic plays it low. And he scored! The Wizard of Oz has put Celtic 3-0 ahead and we're heading to the Scottish Cup final. Tom Rogic is Hamden. It's Aberdeen. It's a beautiful, well-worked free kick from the training grounds. Michael Lustup comes in to play off the ball, goes straight to Tom Rogic. And that is game, set and match. Celtic come again. I don't think the scoring is going to be finished because the 11 men of Celtic against the 9 of Aberdeen as Johnny Hayes bears down in goal. Fires it towards goal and it's punched away by Lewis. Almost took the Aberdeen goalkeeper by surprise and it produced a good save to give Celtic their fifth corner. Here comes Tierney on the overlap. Tierney delivers it to the far post, looking for Lustig. Clips it back again. Simunovic, oh, boys, it just wide. Well, he deserves a goal for his efforts this afternoon. Tolu is rooted to the spot, but it just went in the wrong side of the left-hand post. Gregor, who just knocks it short to Weir, into the middle of the park to Ayer. Watson Edward inside left channel, he can cut onto his right foot, curls it, and it's fingertip save from Lewis. Well, again, he shows what a good goalkeeper is to deny Edward his second goal of the afternoon. Almost at the full-time whistle, the referee but nothing added, looked at his watch. And indeed, there is the final whistle. Celtic heading to the Scottish Cup final with a convincing 3-0 victory, ultimately over the nine men of Aberdeen. Quality showed in the end, discipline showed in the end. Once more, Celtic kept theirs, Aberdeen didn't. And Celtic are heading back on May the 25th to play Hearts for the chance to win the Scottish Cup for the third year in a row and hopefully secure a treble treble.